Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Harvest Profit Podcast. Nick Horeb coming to you from our lonely, COVID-ridden office in West Fargo, North Dakota. Today I want to talk to you about a topic that I'm quite passionate about and one thing that's really driving our our mission at Harvest Profit. And that is, in today's era, we hear a lot about big data, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence, and those are no doubt very powerful technologies. You know, oftentimes, you know, you just, they, they get lumped into the overall subject of big data. Well, in farming, as I've talked about many times, farming is the definition of a very, very complex multivariate analysis. So you have dozens, if not hundreds of big and small variables all coming in to an equation to produce a yield. You know, one of the biggest ones, and I'll, I'll tell a quick story. I met with somebody a few years ago they showed me a large data set that was corn yield by population. And they started by showing one year of data and then two, three, four, five. And the curve just became more and more defined. And what the curve showed was that corn yield maxed out at 35,000 plants per acre. Uh, yeah. The corn yield maxed out at 35,000. And while that analysis is great, my immediate takeaway was I was sitting in downtown Fargo, North Dakota. I know 99% of you don't know anything about the specific geography, but my mind immediately went to, you know, that's great knowledge to have, but if I were to go six miles to the east, by a little city of Glendon, Minnesota, some of the most productive farmland in our whole area. If I was to go six miles to the north, some of the least productive farmland in our area. One's a, a really light, uh, a, a light loam soil. One's a, just a really heavy, a really heavy clay that is very unforgiving. And though both of those soils show up in soil surveys as we use in this part of the world a productivity index which is a a zero to 100 so both of those soils for whatever reason show up as a 90 plus productivity index but people that have the geographic knowledge the local knowledge of the area know obviously that the the heavy clay soil you know it does perform quite well uh, in a dry year, it just in most in the average year, there's tends to be planting issues or one heavy rain event that really sets it back. So those areas are going to perform vastly different. Now, if you take that, you know, go out towards my family farm in western North Dakota, or go into western Nebraska or, or western Kansas, or in some of the you know, the lower productivity areas of, say, uh, southern Iowa or southern Illinois or, you know, going up into Canada. Taking a look at that corn yield, obviously, plant population, you know, that 35,000 acre just doesn't matter. And so 
the averages, you know, that average is an interesting number. You know, it basically tells you that, yeah, at some point the incremental return on your seed investment goes away and you can, you can even have a decreasing return. And so where I'm going with that is big data is great. It's going to get better and better, but oftentimes, you know, the, the people that are developing a lot of these tools, they have a bias. You know, their bias is to show you the performance of the products that are in their portfolio. And so, um, one, you know, you have the biased products. Two, you have just a lot of different variables. You have, a, number three, you have a limited sample size of years to look back on. You can train your models um, only on a limited set of years, and we know that next year is gonna be different. The timing of rain, the timing of heat, the timing of dryness, the timing of cool, uh, it's gonna be different than what we had last year and what we had the year prior. And so rather than focusing on um, big data and how that can impact your farm, and, and a lot of this is common sense, but I really think that today's farmer has more and more tools at their disposal to focus on your farm's small data. And what I mean by that is you know, conducting a lot of different experiments on your farm in regards to both the agronomic side of your farm, but also the grain marketing side of your farm. And what do I mean by experiments? Let's just, let's lay out a, a six step framework for, and we'll focus on the agronomic right now and I'll touch on the grain marketing in a second. So any farm today should have the ability to calculate, uh, to do split tests on your farm and do different trials. And so, you know, just uh, you know, a couple off the top of my head are, you know, soybean population studies that seem to be um, of increased interest uh, in certain areas that you're looking at. Uh, narrow, you know, lowering your population on corn or, or maybe widening your rows. Fungicide obviously is a big one. And then you have just all of the, all of the stuff with um, different treatments, seed treatment versus no seed treatment, different foliar products, and then obviously different rates of fertilizer. So just tons and tons of different variables that you can test out on your farm. And so I think what we need to do is we need to be careful from being impacted by the impact of resulting on our tests where you judge the decision, judge the test solely on the results that come from it. You need to peel back the onion a little bit. And then also I think it's of utmost importance to not only just track the results um, via the agronomic data you have, but track the variables that went into that the weather, um, certain planting conditions, um, just other quantitative and qualitative data. And so I think if you follow, we'll talk about the six step framework now. So, you know, in a spreadsheet, in a, in a document, um, a Word document or a Google doc, or even in a notebook, um, a, a folder system, you should lay out these six factors what the decision you made or what the test is, you know, describe it simply, um, why you're doing this, um, maybe lay out some specific sources of information that have led you to uh, 
do this trial or do this experiment or make this decision on your own farm. It might be university test studies. It might be some, some research from input companies, but why are you doing it? And then a hypothesis, number three, a hypothesis or a prediction. You know, four, you're obviously gonna wanna document the outcome. And number five, which I think is really important is try to obje objectively think about the factors that went into that decision or went into that outcome. So I know in our area two years ago, farmers had really good results from cutting back their soybean population. And last year they had poor results because the weather, what planting was late, the weather was cool, stands were impacted. There was uh, a lot of iron chlorosis uh, it took the beans a long time to take off. So just a lot of things that led to, you know, we needed some more seed in the ground. So your job as a farmer, you know, in this fifth step is to think about those factors and lay on some probabilities. You know, we had a, you know, extraordinarily wet, cool year, which is reminiscent of, you know, this year and this year, you know, looking back at some localized weather data and so you can come up with all right it looks like in you know 16.66 percent of the years you know these factors are present and so we need to keep that in mind as we conduct future tests on our farm as i've talked about before you know in in previous podcasts wanting to understand the expected value of an outcome and the key component of calculating the expected value or the net present value or the return is the probability of that event occurring. We're never going to be able to completely define probabilities, but we can start to, you know, narrow in that range. You know, maybe it's, you know, it looks like from 10% to 30% of years, these factors are at play. So you know that going forward, so you're not impacted. I can, I can guarantee you that there was a lot, you know, a lot fewer farms that were cutting back on their soybean planting population this year based on the previous year, which in all likelihood was a relatively low probability event for most geographic areas. But it's hard to, um, one, not suffer from the resulting bias, so judging the decision based solely on the result, and two, uh, suffering from recency bias, thinking that recent events are going to occur going forward, you know, in a much higher probability than what in all likelihood is going to happen. So that's number five. Number six is just a takeaway. You know, what's your, you know, what's your honest opinion? Is this something you're gonna, you're gonna want to look forward to, trying again? Um, is it something you're going to expand from a, you know, a one percent test to you know half of your farm? You know, what's the takeaway? And you try to quantify it and try to, and then also share this with, you know, whether it's family members or agronomists or consultants, peer groups, I mean, heck, even a lender or friends, other, you know, maybe outside family members, and just try to have them pick holes in, in the tests and the experiments that you've done on your farm. But these tests and a series of them over time are what I consider small data. You're going to want to. You know, be constantly experimenting and fine-tuning the 
overall performance, you know, the you know, heck, the overall financial performance of your farm, of which yield is a big component to that. So just to walk through those six steps again, you document what the test is, why you are doing it. Number two, which is some, you know potentially some sources of information which leads you to it. Number three, you know what's your prediction, and then finally number four, what's the outcome? You know, from both a agronomic standpoint, but also a financial standpoint. And, and then what are the factors that led to that decision? What was the weather? What were the planting conditions? Um, were there any, you know, any outlier events, either positive or negative, that you think would impact future implementations of the practice that you are studying? And then... You know, what's your takeaway? What's your future plan regarding this? And just start to document it and throw it in a folder or throw it in a cloud storage system like a Google Drive or a Dropbox or a um, whatever, you know, Evernote, you know, whatever tool of choice that you have. And just to start to build up this repository of, of small data on your farm. So going back, I mentioned grain marketing, taking the same approach and applying it to grain marketing. So rather than looking at the test, you know, rather than defining the test, you can do these six steps, but define the decision. What is the decision I am making today? You know, you're, you're probably going to want to do a date. You know, an agronomic trial is pretty obvious. You're doing it on a, uh, in a crop year. Uh, the actual date, you know, you're going to want to look at the factors, you know, planting dates and application dates and harvest dates, but the actual date of the decision, you know, is, isn't of the utmost importance. And so, when applying the same logic to grain marketing, it would actually be a seven-step process. You are going to, you know, what is the date? What is the decision you're making? Why are you making it? Uh, what is the prediction? And then, you know, over time going back and looking at, you know, what was the outcome of this decision? Uh, we can't, you know, there's a lot more uncertainty and I would argue, well, there's plenty of factors outside of your control on both the agronomics and the grain marketing, but you know, what are the fact, what's the outcome? What are the factors? You know, what's the takeaway going forward? What am I going to learn? Uh, maybe, maybe you watched a rally uh, fade away and you saw a price of a commodity drop by a dollar and then you sold the first 10 cent rally because you were stuck in a really bearish mindset and, and you sold, you know, quite a bit below your cost of production. And you did it at a time of the year that seasonally doesn't give us the best opportunities. And so a, a seven-step framework for tracking your decisions and, you know, they're not necessarily experiments, but just learning from your decisions that you're making on the risk management side of your farm. So number one, what's the date? Number two, what is the decision you're making? Number three, why? Number four, you know, what's your prediction? I'm not a big fan of predictions, but, you know, you can, you know, you're going to want to lay out, you know, essentially why you're doing it. And the, the prediction is a part of that. Uh, number five, you know, what was the outcome? Uh, and don't be too, hindsight is 2020. Don't fall victim to hindsight bias. But you're going to want to just, you know, lay out, heck, um, this was a good price. I should have done more of it. Or, you know, it'll be pretty obvious on, you know, if there was big blunders in your decision making. But documenting them objectively can be something to look back on and, and, Try to unemotionally judge your decisions. Um, what were the factors that went into it? You know, in a year like this, coronavirus came about, really, I'd say, put a lid on our, our rally uh, that we 
tend to have in the summer. Um, doesn't mean we always have to have a rally in the summer. Uh, history would say that the probability of that is high. This year, you know, coronavirus definitely impacted that decision. And so, you know, document that and note that so you can look back or your children can look back and your grandchildren can look back and learn from decisions that are being made on your farm. And then, you know, what's the takeaway? What lesson have you learned here from this grain marketing decision that you can apply to future decisions? So not, our, not only are you trying to capture this small data to make better decisions next year on your farm, but really you're building up a database of intellectual property for future generations to learn from on your operation. Just think if you had, if you had a binder with you know, 400 different split tests and 500 different grain marketing decisions from your dad, from your um, mother or father and your, your grandfather you know, or grandmother in, on your, in your operation, how beneficial that would be. And you know, maybe some of those previous decisions going back decades wouldn't be the most beneficial, but I can sure guarantee you they'd be a lot of fun to, to look at and learn from and just to impart the wisdom of you know, constantly be trying new things on the next generation, I think is really valuable. So in today's era of big data and machine learning and artificial intelligence, you know, let's focus on using our human brains and conducting tests, tracking decisions and learning from them. Because we know as humans, we tend to suffer from hindsight bias, from recency bias, from resulting and by documenting the decisions, the experiments that you're making on your farm, you really eliminate those potential landmines from popping up in your farm. So with that, have a wonderful day. Focus on small data, experiment, iterate, learn, and at the end of the day, you know, control what you can control. And I think uh, building a business that is focused on experimentation and learning is a powerful thing to do and really a differentiating factor for your operation. So we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a wonderful day.